The Juke, episode number two. We have a lot to discuss when it comes to NFL free agency. Drew Brees retired. Tom Brady, an extension with Tampa Bay. The Patriots, dollar dollar bill time in New England. Jen, what's going on? I love how I've influenced you so much already <laughs> that you have picked up on the dollar dollar bills. As we know, last season, it was dollar dollar bills, meaning the Buffalo Bills. But with the spending in free agency, it looks like Bill Belichick wants that title. He might have just actually cut me a check for it. I mean, I'll give it to him if he wants it that bad. You, we might have to give it to him. Are the rumors true that you might be signing a one-year contract with the Patriots? Because I think everybody is. I mean, he's signing everybody. And yes, he could absolutely steal me with one of those contracts, come out of retirement just to retire a Patriot. Sure. No problem. Absolutely. Holler, holler at your girl, Bill. Before we get to all the free agency signings and the madness that has been over the past couple of days... We do want to reflect on one of the greatest careers in NFL history. That is Drew Brees, number nine in New Orleans, as well as, you may forget, in San Diego. And he's going to be on his way to the Hall of Fame. Everybody loves Drew Brees, one of the statistically greatest quarterbacks of all time. Jen, just reflect on your thoughts on him as a player and maybe where you would rank him all time. You know, such a dynamic guy, right? Like anytime he got the, the ball in his hands, he was electric. And let's not forget, he was not prototypical, right? That quarterback, oh, he's too short. There's knocks here. There's knocks there. And yet one of the all-time dynasties with the Saints, you know, you saw it after when New Orleans was devastated, right? You saw him and that team put the city on their backs, right? And elevate them literally out of the floods, out of the damage. And it showed the power of what sports can be in our society, right? Not just the importance of the game, but the importance of the game to a city, right? That needed something so badly. And to me, that's what I'll always think of when I think of Drew Brees and the Saints the city that had gone through so much, the city that was devastated and yet known for such celebration to come back and really see a sports team shape a team like a city's recovery. I think it was a powerful societal statement. And that's what I always think of with him, whether you're on a team that wanted to play against him or wanted, you know, or didn't want to play against him, which was most of them, right? Like, unless you're thinking best on best, never a great um, opponent to face, but probably one of the first people that you would want to link arms with or be a teammate with. Yeah, one of the most cerebral players there's ever been, one of the most intelligent FBI quarterbacks there's ever been. And I think really Sean Payton and Drew Brees as a combination have revolutionized the game of football. I don't think Football today is the way it's played without their offense and their influence on offensive football. I remember, you know, like you said, back in 2006, when he joined the Saints, they drafted Reggie Bush. That was a huge deal. The whole team, the whole organization was starting fresh. And ever since then, they've been one of the NFL's best organizations. They have. And you really saw what it's like to be on the same page and have those those long relationships coach and quarterback and really building a culture yeah. and one that infused a city. It's tough to think of what an NFL looks like without having a Drew Brees led team, 
right? Especially in, in, in the Saints too, particularly, right? It's not just any team. Like I know you mentioned San Diego, but like, yeah. I don't ever think of Drew Brees not being a Saint. And so that is going to be pretty tough. I know he's going to the analyst side, which, you know, I'm looking forward to. I'm sure we will learn a lot about his FBI and that, but definitely one of the all-time greats. I'm not great at ranking yeah. because so many quarterbacks are so different. Do I know I want him? Yeah. And do I, do I want him with Sean Payton? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Maybe let us know on social where you would rank Drew Brees at the Juke Pod, whether it's on Instagram or on Twitter. Let us know. All right. We do have a new segment here on the Juke Pod and something that I think is going to be very different from any NFL show. It's the kick glass moment of the week this is highlighting a person a moment a thing that's happened over the course of the week that is kick glass so jen what is this week's kick glass moment well and it could be a reflection right um uh just honoring somebody in history that did something significant i just think it's really important to honor the women and since it's women's history month I wanted to honor a friend of mine, Kate Hindy. Everybody has talked about Sarah Fuller this year, right? And obviously she made history, big news, kicking for Vanderbilt, but she's not the first kicker to have, you know, kicked a whole lot of glass in college football. So in 1999, Kate Hindy became the first woman to dress for a bowl game. She made history again in 2003, as the first woman to score in a division 1A college football team. So she has been a, you know, a glass kicker for many years who set the stage. There's also been, you know, Becca Longo who was the first female to earn a college scholarship through kicking. And then, you know, you've had Julie Harshberger who kicked in the CIFL. So Sarah Fuller is here with her place in history on the shoulders of many strong women who have come before her. Shattered glass, that's for sure. So that's going to be a recurring segment. Every week we're going to highlight whether it's women or just overall people that are kicking glass. Wait, and please, if you've got something for us that we need to know, um, we can have more than one kick glass moment, more than one kick glass person. So please let us know. We definitely want to amplify it and share it as well. Somebody that's been kicking glass in football for a very long time is Bill Belichick. Dollar Dollar Bill has been kicking glass this off season and he has re-signed Cam Newton. He has signed Cam Newton some targets. The duo of tight ends, Johnny Smith from the Titans, Hunter Henry from the Chargers, Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver, as well as Bourne from the 49ers. And he's upgraded the defense with Matt Judon and some other defensive linemen like Henry Anderson. This is a crazy offseason. Many are saying it's an offseason we have never seen from Bill Belichick. He is spending and he is spending away. I truthfully believe it's because he realized the team needed a lot of talent to get back where he wants to be. What's your take on Dollar Dollar Bill? Dollar Dollar Bill is mad as heck and he don't want to take it anymore. Missing the playoffs for dollar dollar bill Belichick is like waking the sleeping giant who is like, oh, you forgot about me? Oh, okay, here's what I'm going to do, right? And we already know people were questioning the Cam Newton decision. Hi, let's not forget who Cam Newton has been, can be, is, 
not only as a player, but as being one of the most competitive humans I have ever met in my life. Mitch, I know you probably don't know this. I don't. But I met Cam Newton years ago. I was on his show. He does a show called All In with Cam Newton, where he elevates kids doing, you know, great things. And one of them was a girl named Alicia, who said she wanted to be the first female to play in the NFL. Well, obviously, Cam Newton could have taught her himself, but he thought it best to bring in a little help. And we hit it off that day. Now, he invited me to his kickball tournament. That's right. It's not a golf tournament. It's a kickball tournament because, you know, he likes to kick balls, I guess you could say. But here we are. I'm playing against Cam's team. He shows up in Timberlands, okay, because he's going to win. He had his entire team huddled up. They're doing spirit fingers. And I was the catcher on the other team. I ended up like holding him and saying that was the only way I could stop him, literally trying to hold him at one point. But the most interesting thing at the end of that game was the rules of his kickball tournament were when you beat someone and they beat the brakes off our team, because I think he kicked it over the fence pretty much every time, right? Hard to beat anybody when he's literally using his massive self to kick the ball over the fence. But his rule was when you beat someone, you get to take their two best, right? I so like you it. beat a team and then you get to take their two best players. So he's like, yeah, coach, I beat your team. Now you're on mine. And I was like, yes, this is amazing, right? Talk about leveling up every time you play. So Cam Newton is one of the most competitive people we know. And with Bill Belichick having him, Another year, Josh McDaniels, they obviously see the upside. So that's going to be interesting. Now you gave him all those targets. We know when he had Olsen in Carolina, that was one of his favorite targets. So now you gave him two deadly weapons and a wideout. And oh, by the way, big boy Judon <laughs> is a big piece to any defense. I love that big boy. Woo! I used to watch him with Baltimore, tearing people up, and he's going to do the same in New England. So we don't want to say that Cam Newton has to do it all on his own on offense because no one should ever, right? But you fortify that D-line and you make it uncomfortable for somebody else. Woo. Yeah, the Patriots, speaking as a fan of the team, their run defense was one of their biggest issues. You know, all the attention went to Cam, the offense, you know, the lack of productivity there. But the defense the worst run defense I've seen under Bill Belichick since he's been there. They, they were bottom of the league. They really also bottom of the league, 32nd in time of possession allowed. So their great secondary that they had was not able to get in those third downs and, and lock down opponents from that perspective because they were being ran all over. So now you have Matthew Judon setting the edge. They added some guys in the middle of the defensive line as well. They're getting Dante Hightower back, which is basically like a free agency addition possibly playing on the other side and offensively is where I'm really intrigued though, because it was so unpatriot like a year ago and I want to see Cam succeed. I'm really intrigued to see what you think about having those two tight ends and how that matchup is so difficult to defend for these defenses. Absolutely. So if you know me, I had to cover a lot of tight ends in my career as an outside and I always say when I'm coaching that they're the mismatch, right? Yeah. Tight ends are the mismatch to any defense. They dictate how we set our defense, right? When you know which one the, you know, the strong side of it is, 
they dictate how we set our defenses. And number one, it stretches them out so it can protect the quarterback. So you have a longer time for the D-line to get there if they stay in and block. So that will help Cam Newton with some of the um, helping him stay a little healthier. We know he's a quarterback who has taken a lot of sacks throughout his career. So if they stay in, that's going to extend, right, his ability to make plays. But also those tight ends. I mean, tell me who you want to cover them. A safety? Yeah. Mm, uh, Maybe. Who? Okay. And then a linebacker. Linebacker really is, you know, a lot of the times coverage is their number two job, right? It's first step forward and run game second. So then you're going to put them with one of the most devastating size speed combinations. Yeah, they may not be as fast as some of the wideouts, but really, really hard to match up. And having it in both sides gives them a lot of flexibility and a lot of things that they could do both with their run game and with their pass game. I am really interested to see what this offense looks like. And you know, Brady, Belichick, always that tight end connection. So look for them to be huge, huge parts of the offense and to figure in in quite a major way. Like you said, the comparison, it has to be there from back in 2011, 2012, Gronk Hernandez, that tight end set that they had was dynamic, two of the best tight ends at that time. And now they're trying to build a similar thing with the added dimension of Cam Newton. How will their offense change now with the two tight ends? But then the added element, it's not Brady, right? It's Cam Newton. So you can run and use different personnel sets that way. Absolutely. So, you know, the the challenge that a defense faces when they have a mobile quarterback like Cam Newton, right? First of all, he's like a tight end build anyway, right? He's a massive guy. So the matchup that you have for him is already a tough one. And because of his mobility, you essentially have to, you have to pull a spy to him. You have to respect his mobility, right? So that pulls one of your coverage guys, you know, out of that game and makes him essentially, you know, a spy, right? So you just took one out. Now you have two big tight ends who can either beat you by releasing off the line of scrimmage or be devastating blocks to help seal the edge for a Cam Newton. So you're going to see them get really creative and defenses are going to have a hard time accounting for all those threats, right? Because you still have whatever your running back threat is. You have Cam Newton as a running threat. So you have to respect that your tight ends can either release, um, or stay in and block so they can shift that dynamic. And oh, by the way, you're going to have some wideouts as well. So look for it to be multiple. Look for them to um, to stretch plays out, right, with width to be able to then get the edge because the tight ends give you an advantage there as well. Yeah, and then you add Nelson Aguilar on top of that, who averaged over 18 yards per catch this year. People remember him as Mr. Drop with the Eagles, but he became a legitimate wide receiver down the field for John Gruden. So that's another dimension you have to watch out for. Absolutely. I think they're right now, all I can picture is the mad scientist. You know, they're in the lab. They're like, and they're not done yet, right? They're, They're not done yet. They are not done. They're coming with more. There is Tom Brady over in the NFC right? Super Bowl champs. And the whole goal for Bruce Arians and Jason Light was to bring back the gang, run it back, so to speak. 
And that's exactly what the Bucks have done thus far. They have signed basically everybody they've wanted. Shaq Barrett said he didn't even look at other teams' offers. He's like, I'm back in Tampa Bay. Levante David, I think, took less than he could have gotten elsewhere to come back. They're re-signing Gronk. I think they're still going to be working on potentially AB coming back, Chris Godwin's back. So what do you see there? What an accomplishment, first off, just to bring back probably the most talented roster in the NFL. Yeah, I mean you can tell you have organizational buy-in, right? That That is across the board. People were talking about Tom Brady taking an extension, but the extension actually freed up money. Yeah. I look at all of these quarterbacks taking record deals. And then I look at Tom Brady saying like, it's a ring thing, right? He has done that throughout his career, taking less money that he could to make sure that organizations were infused with the money that they needed to be able to win championships and to see that throughout the team carrying through, it shows you that Tampa Bay is on a mission. They're looking to repeat and you have a lot of players who are going to put the organization right. And what they can do in terms of cap and maximizing talent first over individual dollar, dollar bills. That's very Patriot-esque. That's very dynasty-esque, right? Those are the things that you need for long-term success to be able to have back-to-backs and Tom Brady knows it and it seems like everybody else is drinking his Kool-Aid. I totally agree with the point about Tom that it's always been about rings it's always been about the competition and not necessarily about the money but how does that impact the rest of the market and the rest of the players that do want to get paid you know they want to be that top dollar quarterback hey what is the conversation like within the locker room or within an organization when a guy like tom brady who's the goat is taking less money well i think it also has to do with the supermodel wife and the amount he makes on endorsements right True. like tom brady <laughs> is in a different stratosphere right he can afford to take a little bit less and he has seen what taking a little bit less does in terms of the longevity of the team and making sure that other guys are getting paid, right? Like, hey, look, if my life is contingent on an O-line blocking for me, yeah, you know what? I, I would take a, a little bit of my money and put it there. Like, hey guys, you good? You, you got enough to eat? Cause I don't want the D-line to want to eat, right? Like, yeah. and so that selfless mentality really speaks volumes to other people in the locker room. And I think that's why you said like, you know, Shaq Barrett was like, I don't even look at another team because another team likely would have been able to give him more money. Right. And yet when you're on a team that, you know, will likely win a Super Bowl, guess what? There's win bonuses, there's um, endorsement deals. There's a lot of other money that comes from being part of a winning organization. And so it really depends on what your mentality is and your focus. Now, you're not going to get pushback from the other guys in the league for a quarterback making his money because the guys also know NFL stands for not for long. And the truth is that it is not guaranteed and you may only get that one more contract. And so it is important to maximize what you can do with your time in. But I think at this point in Tom Brady's career, the last thing he needs is a couple more millions, but what he really does want is a legacy that's solidified and unquestioned and can't be duplicated. And that's that's what you're talking about now, right? Freeing up some cap space, I would do it too if I were him, right? If it, if it made my whole team that much better, 
and it increased the likelihood that we would win again. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're seeing an influence of Tom Brady and the contracts he's taking over guys like Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes did sign this massive contract, but when you really look at the fine print and the fine details, he's restructured his contract already this offseason. He's put a lot of the money into the future so that he can keep his guys, right? So we are seeing that influence. For Tampa Bay, what do you think they need to add to their team? Or what do you think they need to do this year in order to repeat? Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the draft, right? Like I, I feel really pretty good about, about their defense in terms of where they were last year. I might like a little bit of long-term development on that O-line. The O-line before this season with Tom Brady was one of my biggest question marks for them. You know, let's not forget that the year before Tom Brady was there, Jameis Winston took 47 sacks while Tom Brady sat pretty at 27 in New England. So you have to ensure that all elements of that offensive line are really, really good and really well backed up because you cannot, with Tom Brady, have a situation like Mahomes went through in Kansas City. The matchup with those offensive tackles when they were out of the game, that was the difference maker in that game. Like, yes, it was TBD, Todd Bolsky all day, but the fact that they could exploit those tackles meant that even a quarterback like Mahomes was ineffective. And Mahomes has a lot more escapability than Tom Brady. So my big thing is going to be like, let's make sure that we have depth at the offensive line, particularly. Yeah, so depth at tackle, depth at guard, depth at center. One name I do want to bring up watching the Bucs consistently this past season, every game, you know, basically following Tom Brady. One thing they need to me is a pass catching running back in one name circulating is James White. He's a free agent and the Bucs have been talking to him. Obviously, the familiarity with Tom Brady is there. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. If you get him a a pass catching back out of the backfield that opens up so many things and it's a great outlet to be able to diffuse some of that pressure and for a, a quarterback who's not mobile. Yeah, you're spot on with that one. Good call. There are still some free agents out there. The Patriots didn't sign every single free agent. So there are. I thought they did. They they haven't yet. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. They're still working on it. Has Has Bill gone through the bank yet or what? No, he's, he's still got room. He's asking Mr. Kraft to get some more money out. So the top free agents are still out there, some of them at least, and particularly at the wide receiver position where reports have come out that a lot of these bigger name receivers are not signed because they're asking for too much of that money. Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, those three names are out there. Could you possibly see any fits for those guys or maybe why do you think they're still on the market? You know, each year you see like that the market resets, right? It, it always does. and it, it kind of goes by one guy because then we have a price point. And, and I don't think that we've seen the market yet get the price point. I think there are also some really, really good guys that they could pick up in the draft. And so, you know, for a team that's struggling with cap space, I might be looking more for the wide receiver pickup from the draft than I am a really high priced receiver. I'm hot and cold on Juju. I really am like, I really like him. Um, I really want to like him. His focus comes into question for me at times and the consistency, like, you know, he didn't give me, I got that juju working in, in Pittsburgh this year. So 
I don't know if that's where I'm going to really make a break the bank kind of move. And we're dealing with a reduced cap this year. So everybody's going to have to reduce that expectations just a little bit. And it looks like it might be on the wide receiver side. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I could see a guy like Kenny Galladay, who I would consider an elite number one wide receiver. He might want to bet on himself one year contract, maybe taking not quite you know 20 million that you would in years past because of that reduced cap and thinking that one year I can show out, I can have another thousand yard season and then go next year in the off season and, and really cash in that way. Will Fuller is a little bit different because Will Fuller, you know, he's dealing with a suspension. He's had a lot of injuries over the course of his career, but I do feel that's going to end up being a bargain for a team if he stays healthy, because he is very dynamic. Is there a team that kind of stands out to you? I know one that's heavily been rumored over the last year or so has been Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron deserves to have a true number one, right? What was it? They've never used a number one draft pick on a receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, they got lucky with Devontae Adams. He's become that guy, but right, he's become that guy. But like, you know, and and nothing off Deontay Devontae on that, but like let's give Aaron Rodgers some help. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like let's give him a few more targets. I I I would love to see what he would do if he had like, can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers had like the the weaponry that Tom Brady has in Tampa Bay or that yeah. Mahomes has in Kansas City? I mean, the, there's got to be times when these guys just look and go, what about me? Right. Well, they might be doing that with Cam Newton in, in New England right now and going, hey, uh, Bill, did you did you No, Because I could I could throw it all them. So I, I think you might get a little receiver envy around. Or I'm sorry, quarterback envy. Yeah, the quarterback that has had, had a little envy is Russell Wilson. We discussed him last week, but there was something that actually happened yesterday with the whole Andy Dalton fiasco, I would like to call it. Like, you're promising your kids a trip to Hawaii and you just take it away. Right, like you just got Dalton. That's <laughs> what that's going to be. It's going to be like Dalton. You thought you were going to let Russ cook. You were like, cooking with fire, Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. And then don't, mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Andy's done some decent things, but Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton. Exactly. Apparently there was an offer of three first round picks and two veteran players on the table, but Pete Carroll said, no, we're keeping Russell Wilson. Wow. I mean, Hey, first of all, let, let's give Pete Carroll the credit for saying like, yeah. this is my guy, right? And this guy is, he is worth that, right? He's worth more than that. So that speaks really highly for how Pete Carroll feels about Russell Wilson. But if you're Russell Wilson, did you want to go to Chicago? And are you <laughs> going to be happy now staying with the Seahawks? Yep. Or are you feeling like you got a little, you know, how are you feeling about that? If I was Russell Wilson, I would look, honestly, I don't understand why Chicago was on his list in the first place. So I guess that's just where I'm coming from because I don't see how there's an advantage to Chicago's situation. Both offensive lines are kind of mediocre to not very good. And Allen Robinson barely wants to play there. He's on a franchise tag. The wide receivers are better in Seattle. You know, the running game consistently has been pretty good in Seattle. I guess you got a better defense, but who knows if, Cool. Mac was a part of that trade or Akeem Hicks was a part of that trade. Like who knows? So, Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> You're like, yes, I finally got D Lyman that are dogs. 
no, they went away. It would be like, what a world, what a world, right? We talked about Jameis Winston last week on the show, another quarterback, and we talked about Drew Brees earlier. Jameis might be the man to take his spot. Didn't I call this? You called it. I'll give you credit, just a little credit. Just a little credit, just just a little credit. You know, if you guys weren't paying attention last week, you missed it. I said that I thought Jameis was a secret weapon Mm -hmm. with the Saints that Sean Payton was building into him for a year and believed he could be that guy, but didn't want to get teddied again. You know, do you want to build somebody up just to have him taken away? And that Taysom Hill plays a role, right? I think Taysom Hill can be a good stunt, double, fun, trick, play guy. I don't see him as a franchise quarterback. I see Jameis having tremendous upside. And now we're talking eyes fixed, thumb healed, knee done, and a year studying with Sean Payton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. You good with that? I'm good with that, especially when you consider it's one year, five and a half million dollars. This is the thing I love about Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, and these signings that are lower end money for this year is you have the chance to surround them with better talent. But are you telling me that like Jameis Winston is like four or five times worse than Jimmy Garoppolo or a guy that's making 23 to 25 million? Like, I don't think so. No. Absolutely not. But he does need a year where he can prove it. Right. Yeah. And I think that this is your show, not tell year. Let your show tell your story for you. Keep your mouth shut and do work. Go out there and lead this team and silence those people who would just throw the interceptions back at you. Okay. We know that it's there. We know that they're going to talk about it. So the best way to change the narrative is to go out there and play the narrative away. It's still going to persist. They're still going to say it. You just got to keep falling. And I think that Sean Payton sees a real upside and that he's seen a lot of potential from Jameis. Knowing Jameis the way I do, I mean, this is a guy who would do anything in the world for his teammates. He is that guy who would go to the wall for his teammates. And I have no doubt that he is taking this time in and becoming an even better version of himself. And one where I believe Sean Payton knows and knew that he could take that element away from his game that everybody was knocking him on with just the investment of time. So Jameis, listen up. Don't eat W's, just get W's. That's what we need in 2021. Another quarterback in Washington. The football team has been searching for a quarterback for quite some time. Fitz Magic. The Magic is going to the nation's capital. One year, I think 10-ish million dollars. Not exact on that, so don't quote me. But Fitz Magic, somebody that I thought got raw end of the deal in Miami last year. He was winning and he got benched for Tua. I understand the situation but I still think he can play in this league and he's played some of his best football over the past two years there were reports that he might retire but Washington said come in be our starter what do you think you know I I I like this move by Washington I really do um it looks like Fitz Magic has a a few more plays tucked away in that big old beard of his (laughs) right every time I see it I feel like he's just like holding things there um like oh look I have another play here we go yeah, I, I thought what they did in Miami last year was terrible. Obviously, they they felt like they needed to make that move, but you have a quarterback who's winning. 
you have a quarterback that has the locker room that people are behind, you're seeing it, and then you make that switch and it never sinks right. And then you put him back in and he brings him back right. again. It's like, how much magic does fifth magic need to have to actually have people believe in magic? How many times does he have to pull a rabbit out of his hat and save a bad decision for you to say, you know what? He could be the guy. And so having been a journeyman, that's hard. And yet what it means is he has the ability to know a lot of systems. He has the ability to call up a lot of different tricks that he's learned from different coaches. So if you actually get one who builds into him and gives him the keys to the kingdom, I think that you're going to see a Fitz magic with a chip on his shoulder. Last year, he was kind of like, I'm going to be the nice guy. I'm going to like groom this guy and go out gracefully with a a bit of a legacy, right? Like that this guy's here and ready to take the reins. And I think when it played out that badly, right? Which it did. I mean, it was just, it was a mess, right? Like now he's like, okay, let me show you what you missed. And I'm here for it. I I think it's going to be a fun year. The Washington football team is going to hang their hat on that devastating defense. And to put somebody who has the ability that Fitzmagic does in that equation, they just leveled up. Yeah, I like the fit as well in the Turner offense where they kind of design a lot of quick throws and Fitz is always good at getting rid of the ball. He's a good improviser as well. And you spoke about the defense. They upgraded the secondary, signing probably the best corner on the market, William Jackson. Now they have a shutdown corner, a number one corner paired with that awesome pass rush. So Washington's going to be real. Yeah, No doubt. Washington may be making a name for themselves next season. Let's just say that. One last dance for the magic man to the offensive line. The guy's protecting the quarterbacks. Joe Tooney signed from New England, left dollar dollar bill and went to big Andy Reid. Maybe Andy Reid promised him a couple extra cheeseburgers or something over there. But Joe Tooney is going to be protecting Patrick Mahomes. We saw the tweet from Patrick Mahomes where all he put is smiley faces. So it sounds like Patrick Mahomes is pretty excited to get one of the best guards in the league. Patrick Mahomes should be literally recruiting offensive linemen. Like he should go on a road tour looking for big boys, right? Like it should be Mahomes and the big boys, right? Like he needs to just go and find all of the O-linemen and be like, come on, baby. Hey, you know, we were a Super Bowl away from some big men, right? I would literally be like, look, I will restructure my contract and take less if you will give them more because it, it was the difference maker. And he deserves to have guys that are riding with him that really, really are the best of the best. It doesn't make sense to have a high powered, high flying offense like that without the guys in the trenches that make it possible. Right. They could ruin the game. Just like we saw with Tampa Bay. It doesn't matter if you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, another offensive lineman that was signed, re-signed in fact, was Trent Williams. Trent Williams, one of the biggest names on the market this off season, 20 plus million dollars. That's a lot. But Kyle Shanahan said, well, you're not leaving the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think of Trent back in San Fran? I think that Trent, first of all, way to go San Fran for paying the big boys, right? Because you are not going to make big plays without the big boys. Always drives me crazy that we literally run behind them. The offense doesn't run without them. And we don't often see them get the recognition, both in name and in dollars. So way to go San Francisco. 
it shows me that they're, they're making a commitment to running the heck out of the football also, right? They know what they need to do. They need to get back to that magic that they had two years ago and yeah. take some of that pressure off Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like if you know he's not the guy who can just do it all by himself, then you've got to get the weapons around him and you've got to take the pressure off him so that he can do enough to win. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy who, you know, puts the team on his back and, you know, can do it all without anything. So if that's the case, but you know, he's serviceable, then you have to put all of those other elements around him. Yeah, I totally agree. They upgraded their wide receiving core last draft with Brandon Ayuk, who looked really good in his rookie season. George Kittle, of course, arguably the best tight end there is, but he was hurt. They had a lot of injuries. That was a big problem for San Francisco. They need to stay healthy. But now they have their blind side there in Trent Williams back. Corey Lindsley, maybe the best center in the league from Green Bay, signs with the Chargers. And Corey Lindsley going to be snapping the football to Justin Herbert, one of the up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league. The Chargers have had a really bad offensive line. So it's nice to see that they are finally upgrading it. Yeah, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that Chargers team as a whole, you know, there were some great things that we saw last year, right? Like there were many games where I was like, Ooh, Oh, wait. Oh, Oh, but not quite, but at least that they have some good things that they were working with. I mean, the amount of games they lost by just a tiny bit and they put some of the best teams on notice with their defense. So it'll be an interesting season. I think Herbert has a great upside. Now it, it will be interesting to see what his second year looks like. And I'm always interested in the second year of a quarterback because, you know, we talk about FBI. Well, the defense has has had time to get their FBI on point, right? They have now had a season or like an off season to study and break down young quarterbacks. So you see a lot of guys that came in hot in their first year, whether it was, you know, as a rookie or later as a, you know, backup that was their first year as a starter and they come in and they do some great things and they put defenses on their heels, but then struggle in that second year because defenses have it, have had an opportunity to really deep dive and get to know them. So it'll be interesting to see if he falls into that, you know, kind of sophomore year slump that we see from a lot of quarterbacks or if he really is legit, because I think he caught a lot of people by surprise and definitely impressed in his rookie year. Yeah, it does seem like they obviously weren't able to re-sign Hunter Henry, but they put the money from Hunter Henry into the offensive line. They also signed a guard as well. So they're looking to protect Justin Herbert, one of the better downfield throwers already in the league. So he needs that time to throw the ball down the field. We do have a new segment on the show to wrap up. It's going to be called Mitch's Minute. So I'm going to take this time, you are going to be, I guess we'll call you the contestant here on Mitch's Minute. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions, six questions to be exact, and you have to give me your first response. All right. All right. Although I do feel like we missed one quarterback. We did. Who? Tyrod Taylor. Oh, okay. Do you want to? Tyrod Taylor. Get signed to the Texans. He did. Do you want to, you want to give your quick thoughts? I do. I do. And I will give you your full minute. Okay. I was waiting for the Tyrod Taylor tease and you went right from the chargers, right? Right, like right. You were right. Herbert and you know, they let this guy go. And then we had Tyrod Taylor go to the Texans and 
you know, the rumor about someone coming forward and accusing Deshaun Watson. So we just, we got Watt the Watt. Watt is no longer even there in Texans. And, you know, he's now in Arizona. Yeah. But Tyrod Taylor to the Texans. Yeah. I think insurance. You think insurance. Now, he is a guy who can obviously run the offense. He's done it before. He is also a very smart guy who could be a mentor. Mm -hmm. Very solid, very intelligent, very hardworking. I know Ty. I was devastated for him last year. In case you guys don't remember, he did not get taken out by a coach. He did not get taken out by the lack of ability to execute. He got taken out by his own med staff with a punctured lung, right? Like talk about cut your heart out, right? Like this is not normal. And, you know, had the starting job, it's been, you know, he's a guy, everybody has good things to say about, and yet he's never really gotten to get his groove. And now we see him with the Texans. So the Texans had to do something to put pressure on Deshaun and to alleviate the pressure from them going, what do we do if our franchise quarterback can't do it? I think Tyrod Taylor was a brilliant, not talked about enough move by the Texans to ensure that they're okay either way, right? He is a guy who run the offense. It's not Deshaun Watson, but he has a tremendous upside. And he's also a stabilizing guy in the locker room. Um, He's a great tape guy. And if you do end up losing Deshaun and you have to bring a young guy in, he is somebody who can be a, a mentor. He could be a season starter or he could carry the season. Just keep the med staff away from him. All right. Tyrod Taylor in Houston. We'll see what happens there. Is Deshaun gone or will he be back? The Mitch's minute. No less than 60 seconds. All right. Question number one for you, Jen. The best free agent signing so far. I like, I like Judon to the Patriots. I, I'm a D-line girl. So that one caught my attention. Wait, now we're going to entertainment. Favorite movie. Do you have one? Oh my gosh, I have many. Um, goodness. Right now, I can't get the water boy out of my head. It's probably because we're talking football. So I'm going to go humor right now and I'm going to have to do the throwback. Like it. Give me football. Give me water boy. Give me the longest yard. You know, give me both of those. I, I'm, I'm in a comedy mood today. So I like it. Adam Sandler. Number three, favorite football player maybe growing up oh I try and stay away from the favorite football player because I know so many of them so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call a timeout because I love too many of them all right all right that's fair enough number four why is your dog named Tyson because when he was a baby he bit his mom's ear (laughs) I knew it had to do with Mike Tyson but that story is way better Tyson is a G and he is totally named after Mike Tyson. That's awesome. Number five, favorite moment playing or maybe a memory that you really stands out. You know, I'm going to have to go 2010 U.S. national team gold medal. And it's not actually from playing, but being on the sidelines. It's so different when you're representing your country, right? It, it's different because there's actually like two national anthems. And yet ours was the coolest that you could ever imagine. Our quarterback, who is a very talented performer, Sammy Grisafi. So our our starting quarterback sings the national anthem 
Awesome. While playing the ukulele. <laughs> like, I don't care what you say, nothing tops our national anthem. And we did end up winning the gold medal, bringing it back to the USA. But Sammy Grisafi and her national anthem rendition with the ukulele in full pads, right? How can you beat that? I think the Super Bowl should be calling. I mean, they should. The final question, Florida or Cali? Florida, because you can't leave the house in Cali. I think you're sensing a weather theme for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going with warm. Right. But right now, Cali is is locked down and my parents are in Florida. So though I am I am still inside, I actually have a, a great view off the balcony. So give me a beach and I'm happy. All right. That's the Mitch's Minute. We'll be doing that with many of our guests moving forward. And that is the juke episode number two it was a great combo talking about free agents and some other stuff so guys if you haven't already make sure you do go follow us on all the social platforms twitter instagram the juke pod you will find us as well on youtube where you can see our beautiful faces on the video as well and our amazing graphics so check that out on youtube just search up the juke with jen walter and you will find us so thanks for tuning in. Jen, any final words? No, you know, I think it's going to be, um, I, I do think it was interesting that you picked out that Dollar Dollar Bill was trying to take the title from the Buffalo Bills, which they were last season. Yeah, Dollar Dollar Bill is coming after those Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. We will see during the 2021 season. Thanks for watching from Dr. Jen and Mitch. Peace.